0: Each week, Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of YCharts for the price of 12. Plus, a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com
1: slash invest talk this podcast is produced by kpp financial steve peasley president kpp financial independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, June 26, 2019, last week of uh, the month, the last week of the quarter. Last few days left, really, Thursday and Friday. <clears throat> I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will also call me today with all your financial questions, any investing questions, anything about money we'll talk about. And when you do call, of course, you drive the show, you take it wherever you want to take it. So your questions decide what we're going to talk about. And, of course, I do have a list of things I can talk about, but those are, things, those are secondary. You come first. Remember, the goal for everybody here is for us all to achieve financial freedom. And to do that, you need knowledge. And that's hopefully what we'll all share is all our knowledge, our combined knowledge. And then maybe we can have some uh, joint success with that knowledge. Now, today, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move you along on that path to financial freedom. And, of course, we'll do it together. And we'll do it one step at a time, one question at a time. And now the listener line is open, so you can call. The number is eight 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 nine nine 99 chart We're taking live calls, 888-99-CHART. My main talking point today... Concerns this particular story, with the S&P 500 seeing its best June since 1955. One economist says that the market is excessively optimistic. So we'll talk about that. You got to be careful when somebody, economist or expert, says something is excessively pessimistic or optimistic. Because often they're wrong. Doesn't mean they will be wrong in this case. But I just remember the irrational exuberance of the market comment made by the Federal Reserve Greenspan in 1998, two years before the market topped in 2000 with the dot-com, and the dot-com uh, first huge market rally and then imploded. And he thought it was way over about irrationally exuberant two years before it stopped going up. So, it might be so that the market is, success, is sex excessively optimistic, but it can get more excessively optimistic for some time. So, it, it, it also could turn around tomorrow. They don't know. Then they never know. They think they know. They act like they know. They talk like they know. But just watch their... Uh, you really should go back and check out their uh, their statements and see how often they're right and how often they're wrong. And I love it because they'll state they'll make statements both directions and see and they'll point to it and say, "See, I was right." <laughs> they made both directions and statements so they get to the point to whatever one they want to. Anyways, I just don't believe them. I, I listen to them. I take note of what they say, but I don't necessarily react to what they say. My main talking point today. Concerns this story, as I told you. Well, I've got some other interesting things to talk about. Um, How about, are we already in a recession? Economist Gary Schilling says we are in a recession. Hmm. Well, talk about that. The S&P 500 is underperforming the market. Did you know that? Usually, people think the S and P 500 is the market. No, it's not. Matter of fact, the S and P 500 has underperformed the market for years. We'll talk about why that is happening, and I want to talk about the most the most America-made car in America, the most american made car in America, and then maybe some of the others that have high percentages of the car made in America. You'll find this interesting, I think. You will. Do you have a guess of what car that is? The most American-made car in on the United States. Anyway, so those are what we're going to discuss, everybody. But, of course, you come first. And first, we're going to talk to uh, someone who uh, wants to talk about gold, or at least the Gold Miners Index. So let's go talk to uh, James in New York. How are you doing, James? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call.
0: I wanted to know, um, in the case of uh, GDX, it's been doing really well lately. Um, I've taken Mm -hmm. some small profit out of my position, but I'm still holding a substantial position in GDX. And I, the profit that I took, I simply used um, not to reinvest in another position, but simply applied it towards my mortgage. Do you think that that's a wise use of, money, having taken profits out of the market for that purpose, and also do you see GBX going up to the highs that it did
1: in 2017, the high 30 range?
2: I actually do. I I think it's just the beginning of its rally. I think the dollar is going to weaken. And uh, the dollar has started to weaken, but it's not weak by any means. It's just starting to weak, weaken. And I do like paying down the mortgage. I like having no mortgage when you retire. Whenever, and I have no idea how close you are to that, James. But when you retire, it makes retirement a lot more comfortable, a lot less stressful if you don't have a mortgage that you have to worry about. All you have to worry about is property tax but no mortgage um so i don't have a problem with taking profits or somewhere or somehow and playing down the mortgage i mean i did what i did for years was just pay extra every month so that got rid of the mortgage you know eventually but you know taking profits and paying down the mortgage doesn't 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 make me sad what is your interest rate james on the mortgage
1: Currently at a uh, four and a quarter percent, I'm 33,
0: and I've owned the house for five years.
2: <clears throat> yeah, so then, yeah, at that four and a quarter and ha- having it for a 30-year and you have 25 years left, I-, I would definitely pay down the mortgage because you'll find that as you pay a little bit more toward the mortgage, that the payment that you make normally eats into the mortgage faster because the principal is lower. So, I kind of like the idea. I like the whole concept. Thanks for the call, James. I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley, and we're already nearing the end of June, and the first half of the year is almost over. The markets have been pretty volatile, as you know. May was one of the worst Mays ever, and here we are in June, one of the best Junes ever. <laughs> pretty amazing. That's, that's called volatility. Your calls and inquiries are always welcome, and they always come first. You know, so give me a call. Uh, you can call me right now at 888-99-CHART.
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Noel in Napa. How are you doing, Noel? Great.
0: Good to talk to you, Steve. Uh, anyhow, I am uh, uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on Apple. I've owned it for three and a half years. It called its way back up from being down a bit, as you know, and uh, mm-hmm. It's up hundred percent for uh, my holding. Kind of thinking uh, it's one of those companies. You know, you think it's easy to get fall in love with and stay with forever, but uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking it'd be nice to get a little more defensive and uh, take take uh, my profits and uh, be happy.
2: Uh, is, is your profits in a IRA, or a taxable account, or non taxable account? Taxable. Okay. Um, I don't I probably would take a little bit off the table. You said you have a hundred percent return. I'd probably take a little bit off the table, but I wouldn't exit it. Now, and the reason why I asked about taxable versus non taxable because I you know, paying, uh paying Capital gains tax—you're going to have to pay capital gains tax on the darn thing um, in a in a taxable account. But I think around 200 is a pretty tough, t- t- pretty tough resistance. I mean, it got up to about 210 in the peak of uh, in May, and market went down all of May. I mean, the market went up. It went down all of May and so did Apple. And here it is The market went up almost almost all of June and Apple went up. But it didn't quite make the peak that it had before it, fall, it fell in May. So that gives me a little concern. So, yes, I probably would take some off the table. I wouldn't get rid of it. I would still hold on to some. You know, I like Apple. We own Apple in our managed account. So I like Apple a lot. Okay. Good luck, Noel. I'll be up in Napa Valley here in a few weeks to visit some relatives. So. I don't know if I'll see you, but I'm sure I won't. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. who wants to talk about gold mining companies. How are you doing, John?
1: Hi, Steve. Thanks. Uh, this is a follow-up to my call to you yesterday. Um, I'm looking at some of the gold royalty companies, but uh, I'm wonder they seem expensive to me now, and I wonder if, if you feel the same way. Um, there's a few of them that I know about, Royal Gold, Franco Nevada, and Wheaton precious metals um i'm not sure if i should buy any of them now um I wonder what your thoughts are about that
2: but you should you, you really don't want to focus too much on the price versus the fundamentals because gold mining stocks trade based on the price of gold so yeah, it could be expensive today, but if gold goes up 20%, then all of a sudden their earnings are going to be 20% higher and therefore the stock may maybe not look so expensive next year. So you got you do look at the fundamentals. I don't want to discourage from that. I don't want you to think you don't look at them. You do. But don't don't put as much weight on them as you would you know, a regular kind of company that sells widgets or sell software or something else—it's based on the price of gold. You watch two things: you watch the price of gold, watch I and mean, watch the dollar. That's more important mm-hmm. to reflect, reflect on, to make earnings. Now, having said that, it has made a big run, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be wrong to take some of that off the table if you already own some. It wouldn't be a wrong decision. John, no, thanks for I Appreciate it. Three, I, okay. Thank you. Uh, appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, my main talking point today concerns this story. With the S and P five hundred seeing its best June in, since nineteen fifty five, Wanicom says that the market's excessive. Uh, the market is excessively optimistic. Is it? Do you think it's obsessively optimistic? I, it might be. I feel like it probably is because we have some a lot more uh, damage going on in the economy than I think people are realizing. And for instance, the durable goods report came in today and it was down 1.3 percent, shrunk 1.3 percent from the month before. And the last the uh, last four months, three of them saw durable goods sales fall. So on the other hand if you took out airplanes and automobiles it was up four tenths of one percent so but that's still a, a concern and i noticed that a lot of the damage to the durable goods report was coming from airplanes and you can even be more specific boeing's 737 max jet that they cut sales completely out and you know, not making them nearly and not selling them at this point. You know, so that really had a ripple effect throughout, in, you know, that kind of industry. But there's other cracks we're seeing. You know, there's, there's a number of cracks. Economy, it's telling us It's telling us the economy is slowing down. Not that it's going into recession necessarily, but it is slowing down. But there are Gary Schilling, an economist, he thinks we're in recession already. Now, what's the official definition of recession? There is no official definition of recession. There is what people just assume the definition is, and what the common belief is by most people is the definition of recession is two quarters of shrinkage of GDP, two quarters in a row of shrinkage of GDP. That's the common definition, but there's no official you know, this is what the de- definition of a recession is. It really isn't. You know, so this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. And as a first step to do that, finding out what your risk tolerance is, uh, you can go and find. You can go to our website. Go take our free online tool called. Uh, Riskalyze, it's a short questionnaire, and it'll give you a score from 0 to 100. 0 being no risk, 100 being super high risk. So give it a try. It. InvestTalk.com. My number, 888 chart
0: Don't look now, but the final trading days of June are here. There is good news. You can take control of your financial future if you know how. One way is to listen to Invest Talk, call in with questions, and then take advantage of the unbiased guidance offered each day by Steve and Justin. The phone lines are open, and now is your chance to shape the show. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: Let's talk to Steve in Iowa. How are you doing, Steve?
0: Good. How are you, Steve?
2: I'm doing great, and I really do appreciate you listening to the show and calling. I really thank you.
0: You are welcome. So the question I have is is regarding charting techniques and your uh, individual data Mm -hmm. points on a stock price. Um, Do you guys like to use a a candlestick or the open high-low close or the mountain?
2: I we like the candlestick charts almost all day long. Okay. That's what I look at. Um, um, I like them because they give you a little bit more information other than just a regular bar chart. Uh, I like to know where it opened, high, low, closed for the day. You know, I just like the the information it gives you. And um, so I use a candle. We use candlesticks. Uh, I, most of Justin uses them. Jason uses them. I don't know if Nick, uh, he's a new guy. I, I have not sure what he prefers yet. So he'll probably prefer candlesticks because we're teaching him. So you know, so usually you follow what the teacher but, tells you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the reason why I asked. But I do like on Friday. Friday, all the major indices had uh, that inverted cross, which I think is called a doji mm-hmm. star, which kind of means yes. things are gonna fall. And I don't know if, if that is actually meaningful
2: or not things did start to fall a little bit yeah you know when you come across a doji and everybody else there's a book out uh, um there's a book you can read all about candlesticks and how to how to read them a doji uh is a is a is a candlestick formation in a day okay and one was made uh in uh um, just recently in the, in the Dow. And it usually, it says many times the market's going to turn, either up or down, depending on how the doji is formed. But this one looks like it was formed on the downside, and this was three days ago, four days ago or so. So um, I, I will say this. Let me say this, Steve. All chart reading is pretty much an art. It's not a science. It tends to be true. It's not always true. It just tends to be true. Uh, So it's true more than 50% of the time. So you can't rely on, on it, you know, per se. But if you use charts and you use other indicators of the chart, it does give you a pretty good picture of what's happening and what might happen. You know, the odds of it happening. I also look, when I look at a chart, just so you know, Steve, I also I always have the rel- relative strength up there, always have the volume up there, and I always have the MACD, the MACD using the 9, 12, and 26 day moving averages to, to make the MACD. I all Every time I look at the chart, I have that up automatically, and of course, the moving averages, but... That's just me, and that's what I'd like to see. So when I see something getting overbought or oversold on a relative strength indicator, usually the market tends to drop or rise. And it's funny because here on the end of May, when June first started, the relative strength was right at the oversold mark. And three or four days ago, it it was right at the overbought mark on the relative strength. So it it does tend to be true. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Ram in Florida. How are you doing, Ram? Hey, doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call.
0: Yeah, I wanted to uh, ask about AbbVie. Uh, it dropped like mm-hmm. more than 15% yesterday and because mm-hmm. of the merger, mm-hmm. I think. So what do you think about it buying now?
2: I think this is the price that you, I, it's, to me, right now, it it's at a bargain basement price. Now, because it fell so hard, it fell from $78 down to, I mean, like $66 in one day. Um, I think you want to, and today it, it was up today, uh, what? Um, up 3.5% today. I think it's going to show point to the fact that it is, this is going to be, where it's going to find support. But you can't tell that with just one day after that big fall. I would probably wait a week. And if if it starts to improve, you could buy it. Now, AMV, everybody, symbol ABBV, develops Humera pharmaceutical biological treatments for rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and Crohn's disease. Um, it has great earnings of $9.50 expected next year, $8.78 this year, and it's a $68 stock. So it's well, well below its 10.10. 10. It's probably around 7 PE range. Uh, and here it is, the low of the range is 8 to 21 in the last five years. So I'd, I'd look at what caused that big fall. I don't know exactly what caused it, <coughs> excuse me, before I decided to buy. Make sure I understand that big fall. Good luck. Appreciate the call, Ron. Thank you. On tomorrow's Invest CVS has made clear the reason why health corporate companies should be worried about Amazon. Well, we'll see that tomorrow, everyone. Now, as we go to the break, here's my question. By the first quarter of 2019, which store had more available apps, Apple or Google Play for Android? Which one? I'll have the answer next, but for now, I'm Steve Peasley and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
0: The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP financial principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin, Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live.
2: Call 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Well, there are essentially two widely used smartphone operating systems Apple's ISO and Android. Now, Apple's is only used on Apple phones. Android is used on a lot of different companies' phones. By the first quarter of 2019, which store had more available apps: Apple or Google? Apple or Google Play for Android? Okay, Apple or Google Play for Android? Now, remember, Google Play would be across uh, many different phones uh, and companies, where Apple's only on Apple. So the answer is, and it, is Android. Okay, two point one million apps, two point one million. But Apple, remember, again, only on one phone is not that far behind with one point eight million available apps. Interesting, huh? But you know, the the thing is, is people compare Apple with the Android. Well, the Android's on a bunch of phone systems, a dump, bunch of companies. Where Apple's only on one phone company, one Apple. So you got to compare apples to apples, apples to oranges. There's not a good way to do a comparison. Okay, let's look at some benchmark benchmark numbers. Oil, sweet crude oil was priced at fifty nine eighty nine today. I think it got close to sixty bucks, but fell back. So um, and the supply fell twelve point seven nine million. That's why it went up to sixty dollars. It's, it's been gaining some strength. So in other words, the supply fell, meaning we're using more oil somewhere. Gasoline is $2.68 a gallon on average, except, of course, here in California, where yesterday I paid $4.03 a gallon. Yeah, but that was for premium. I will admit that. But, you know, still, it's in the high $3 area for, we're, we're paying more than a dollar higher than average here in California, which makes no sense because we have a very high usage and we have oil here. And, of course, you know. It's our special blend in California. Extra taxes. I mean, it, you know, it's really not. It's really a very high tax state. Bitcoin is priced at twelve thousand seven eighty four dollars per coin, and that was up twenty percent overnight. It's up over two hundred fifty percent for the year. Please don't get too excited about it. Please don't, because you know, Bitcoin has gone up to twenty thousand, down to a couple thousand, and you know. Now it's at twelve thousand seven hundred eighty. It's very volatile. Heard a story today where some guy lost thirty grand on it and he borrowed money against his credit card to buy it. Then that makes no sense. Never borrow money on your credit card to buy any stock or any asset. It's just too expensive of of debt. Anyway. Ten year treasury was at two point oh three. Remember, it was below two yesterday popped up to 2.3 that it was actually a big move today on US treasuries and that's why gold was down by the way today because that 10-year treasury went up Altria symbol mo were down earlier today the city of San Francisco has banned the sales of cigarette e-cigarettes banned the sales of e-cigarettes for now in fact San Francisco is the first American city to ban the popular cigarette alternative. Altria purchased 35% stake in the e-cigarette maker Juul in 2018 for 12.8 billion. What doesn't make sense to me is you ban the system that tries to wean people off of cigarettes, but you don't ban cigarettes. I understand why they did it. They said they're only advertising to kids or whatever they're saying. You know, okay, but. Does that make a lot of sense to anybody out there who ban the thing that's supposed to help people get off of cigarettes and not the cigarettes themselves? Now, I also know people saying, "Well, you know, people are getting addicted to the jewel." Well, but that's not what they're—that's not what it was invented to do. That's not where they're pushing it, right? I mean, it just seems seems to be backwards. Wouldn't you ban cigarettes first? <laughs> I don't know. Just my opinion. McDonald's, MCD, is the symbol has gained market share for the first time in five years. How? How did McDonald's do that? Well, they decided to use fresh beef instead of frozen beef patties in its mainland U.S. restaurants. And in the first quarter of 2018, they sold 40 million quarter pounder burgers. That's a 30% increase over the same period in 2018. So maybe the quality of the hamburger had something to do with it. Hmm. I might have be That might be the case. The, you know, it does show that quality counts. It does. Okay. Chip stocks were up today. Intel, Texas Instruments, Analog Devices, Microchip, Microchip Tech, and Micron. Why? Well, Micron had delivered great results, and it helped the whole sector. Micron, The memory chip maker Micron, MU, it's a symbol, MU, Late yesterday, soundly beat Wall Street's earnings target for its first quarter. I mean, for its third quarter. For that current quarter, Micron expects to earn an adjusted 45 cents a share. Their sales are about $4.5 billion in the quarter. So they have better numbers. So maybe, and I speculated this a week ago, even the conference we had this over the weekend, that the chip sector may be near its bottom. Maybe the chip sector is near its bottom. No one really knows, but it feels like to me that it wants to be. It's putting in a bottom right in here. And I've looked at all the chip sectors, looked at the charts, remember charts—not a science—but you do it long enough, you get a feel for these things, and we'll see. It depends on the economy, of course. Anyway, this is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live in the four o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week via archive podcasts on investtalk.com. And of course, if you listen and subscribe and would I would really love you to rate the InvestTalk podcast on iTunes, Google Play or Spotify. I hope you'll tell your friends and family. I really do appreciate that. I know you, some of you have and are doing that for me, so thank you. And now the lines are open. We're taking your financial investing questions live eight 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 99 chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no obligation phone call to the KPP Financial office in Irvine, California. Or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888 99 Chart.
1: Hello, this is Jack in Wisconsin, and I am uh, very new to investing. I've got a active 401k and have done some rollovers into uh, an IRA, but also want to do some investing on my own what would you recommend i want to start reasonable with looks like about 500 dollars. would you
2: think using one of the apps seems like wealthfront has come up on my search a lot or should i go to a advisor or what would you uh, recommend for someone in my situation thanks so much
1: and have really enjoyed the program
2: Okay, going to an advisor probably won't help you much. And, you know, advisors don't like to deal with people that are very small because it's not cost effective, and you know, it's not cost effective for you either. If I were you, you could use one of the one of the apps out there. That'd be fine. Or, but I'd probably go to a discount broker like TD Ameritrade or E Trade, and I'd open an account. And I would take the money, put an account, and I would suggest that you buy an ETF or two. Exchange-traded fund, maybe tracking in one of the indexes, S&P 500, Nasdaq, Russell 2000. Uh, whether you want to be a big cap or a small cap, or what kind of stocks you want, and maybe you don't know. And if you don't know, just stick with the S&P 500 and the Q's. The symbol is SPY for the S&P 500. The Q's is QQQ, and that's the Nasdaq 100. That's full of more, that's more full of tech stocks. The Nasdaq 100. So that's what I would do at this small uh, small amount of money that you have you got to grow that pile and you can't you shouldn't buy individual stocks because you don't you won't get enough diversification you'll buy one or two stocks and it's just not enough yet okay you need to buy 15 20 stocks so you need like thirty to fifty thousand dollars otherwise you stick with your ETFs which will work okay good luck this is the best stock. Time to call. I would love to hear what you want to talk about. I mean, anyways, uh, there was too much, the market excessively optimistic on on the Fed cuts and trade, one of the top economists says, that's our main talking point, is a market excessively optimistic. Now, it could be. Uh, The article, this the one I'm referring to, and the one we're talking about feels that there's only two uh two catalysts that are driving the market and that's the talk about the fed going to cut rates and even this economist that talking about being too excessively optimistic he says the fed's probably going to cut rates a half a point in july and the other one is that talk about there's going to be a chinese trade deal well, so far, the Fed has not cut the rates, and so far, the uh, Chinese trade deal hasn't come through, and if the market is, is optimistic by just talking about it when it actually happens, does that mean the market's going to fall? Because there's that old saying, buy the rumor and sell the news. So, the rumor is that, that they're going to raise the rates, and the rumor is that there is going to be a trade deal, and when it actually happens, you know, the market's already put built that into the price. So the people take profits, sell out, and the market goes down. Now, I will agree that that's the two main catalysts that we're looking at for the market. And, you know, it might be that people are too optimistic about it. That's very, very possible. But the economist Gary Schilling says that we're already in a recession. He thinks GDP will fall about one5 to 2%. I mean, he thinks we're already in it. Of course, there's no... Data points that says that we're in it. Okay, now, if the GDP falls one and a half to two percent two quarters in a row, you know, unofficially, that's a recession. But that's not very much because a normal recession has a GDP fallen three and a half to four percent. So obviously, he, Gary Schilling thinks if we are in a recession, it's pretty light. He also thinks the market's going to go down maybe only uh, 20, 22, 23 percent. Whereas because that's the average uh uh, he was using over the various period recessions he thinks the 10 year u.s treasury is going to go down to one percent remember i told you it's a little over two percent now and the 30 year is going to go down to two percent now if it does do that you're going to have that that means there's going to be a big rally in the 10 year and the 30 year uh, treasuries i mean if the 10 year is paying two percent and it goes all the way down to one percent that's you're gonna have, you know, a twenty percent price increase or so, of those treasuries. So, are we in a recession? Well, the market was down on the Dow today, eleven points, but it was up in the Nasdaq, at twenty-five. SP was down four, and we did have a bad durable goods report. I mean, that was for for May. That wasn't very good. But we ha- but we also saw that. There's other strengths and other parts of the economy. So it's hard to say. Hard to say. Okay. Did you guys see this? Toys R Us is making a comeback. In a different configuration, of course. The Toys R Us brand will open some retail outlets as specialty toy stores as specialty toy stores. They plan to open a half dozen locations just in time for Christmas. Toys is a 22 billion market cap. Toys, the sale of toys is a 22 billion. Okay? And Toys R Us used to be a big player, as we all know, in that retail space. Well, you know, <laughs> We'll see how that works out for them. Maybe in time for Christmas it might be okay. In the era, in the era of Amazon, this you know, retail sales, stores is pretty tough business. You're going to have to compete. You have to figure out a way to compete with Amazon. You have to. Okay, let's see if we can squeeze in another question from one of our listener lines. Here's a call that we came in earlier that we recorded on our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, Steve or Justin. I bought... XLE back in 2015 for $82 a share. Since then, it's been hovering around the 60s. I'm just wondering if you think I should unload it and try to recoup in another fund or stock or should I hang on to it? Um, It's only 2.5% of my portfolio, so it's not a huge impact, but I just don't know if you foresee that as worth holding on to or not at this point. Thanks. Bye.
2: I would say yes. It probably is worth holding on to. You're getting a 3.4% dividend. XLE, by the way, is the energy ETF. Exchange-traded funds fund seeking performance corresponding to the S&P energy select sector. I think you would have been a lot better off doing utilities, but you did energy. Um, and, you know, we're in the late economic cycle, but, you know, it's already done poorly it put in a bottom in uh, last December, rose, and then put in a, uh, a higher bottom here in the end of May, rose in June. Uh, I, I think mo- all the, most of the damage is already in, in the stock, in the energy sector. So I, I think you hold on to it. I think you hold on to it. Now, if we are in a recession or we're going into a recession, it could fall further, but yeah, you know, I think it's you've already suffered the damage. So unless you need the tax loss, it's in a taxable account, and you could use it against taxable gains, I'd probably hold on to it. If you can use the taxable loss, then I might sell it and move to something more promising. Okay, This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom in any way that you want to define it. We all want to achieve it, and our work continues after this break, so get your questions in now. We only have about what 10 minutes left? 888-99 chart.
0: On the next Invest Talk, CVS has made clear the reason why health companies should be worried about Amazon. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
2: 888-992-4278 Okay, we, got, we only got a few minutes left. How about the most American-made car? What vehicle in the United States is made mostly in America? Which one? Which is the most American-made car? Well, it's the Fiat Chrysler's Jeep Cherokee. Jeep Cherokee. So it's not necessarily an American-made car company that makes the car. And what's more interesting, this is, this is, by the way, this information is put out by Cars.com. They have an annual American-made index. And they list all the cars and how much is made in America. The number two is Honda. Japanese company, number two, the Odyssey minivan that's made in Alabama. Honda's Odyssey minivan. Most of that car, all the parts and everything else is America. But what's interesting, nine of the top 15 are from Honda or Toyota <laughs> because they may have factories here in the United States. Isn't that interesting? You would think, well, maybe it should be GM, which is General Motors, but no. <laughs> but it's interesting, I think, and it tells you something about <clears throat> the world economy. Okay, it, you, it, we're we're just not alone. The world economy is just you know no, no country is alone. Everything gets. From one country to the next, different parts and different people putting things together and that kind of thing. And I don't think we're ever going to get rid of that. I don't think we actually should. I think it helps keep uh, peaceful relationships when everybody's entwined economically. It helps. Now, if we move fast, we can find another question. This call came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Sure enjoy the show. I have a question about Snapchat. S N A P. It's got a little anecdotal
0: evidence watching my teenagers that maybe this is becoming a bigger thing than it was. It's also had a huge run-up already, so I'm wondering if I'm too late to the game. Could you run down the
1: fundamentals on it and give me your opinion? Thanks. Right.
2: Well, it's still growing 30 to 40% sales growth per quarter, so that's pretty healthy growth, but it doesn't make any money. And it's a $20 billion company. It's never made any money. It's not going to make money next year. It's going to lose $0.11 a share next year, $0.30 a share this year. lost $0.47 a share last year, $0.61 a share the year before. So it's going in the right direction. It's just losing less money every year. But it wouldn't be for me because I don't like buying companies that don't make money. I don't like it. Snap, S-N-A-P. They provide a camera-related application to help people to express themselves and communicate. Teenagers love it because they can take pictures and then do funny things with your face. And send it to friends. So, teenagers and pre-teens, I guess. Um, you know, unless a company is making money, I don't know. And I'm just wondering how durable this business model really is. I don't know. <laughs> they have a negative 43 cents cash flow. I don't like that. I do like the fact that 39% is owned by management. You know, that's a good thing. But And the stock is $14.71. It's a $20 billion company, as I said. Um, not for me. I, I don't like buying companies that don't make money. Especially in the tech field when, uh, you know, they're already growing their sales and have been around for a while and they still haven't been able to turn a profit. That kind of concerns me. I mean, they've been around since 2015. And I would think here that, you know, that was when they went public. I would think that they'd be able to turn in a profit by now. But they're not. So... The S&P 500 is underperforming the market and has done so for 18 and a half years. Don't think that S&P 500 is the market. It's not. It's an index put together by uh, Standard & Poor's and Dow Jones and some other people, smart people, putting together what 500 stocks should be in there. They're not necessarily the 500 biggest stocks. There are a lot of big stocks in it, but... The overall market is more reflected in the total market index, which shows 3,600 companies. And they compared that with the S&P, and the S&P underperformed 18 and a half years, the overall market of the total market index. Now, how much? Not very large, Two or three percentage points. Anyways, but it did. Not the market. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestOp program. And I thank you for your loyal support and your calls and questions and comments. Everybody have a good night.
1: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.